Hello, let's join Fred Kuhn in another problem-solving interview. Welcome, everybody. We have a great program today on internships, seemingly an old issue, but with a very new perspective for corporations looking to move forward into the future. Our guest today is David Lewis, who's the founder and CEO of Operations, Inc., one of the nation's largest HR outsourcing and consulting firms. Just to give you some idea, he has clients in the top Fortune 100. David has been quoted and as a featured guest on MSNBC, Fox, CBS Radio, NPR, regularly appears in the New York Times, Inc., and the Wall Street Journal. David, welcome to the program. Hi, Fred. Good to be here. Thank you. I'd like to get right into our subject matter. Does a company have to be big? Because it's an expensive thing to have interns. Does a company have to be big to have internship program or, or interns? Absolutely not. When I got started in 2001 and was working out of my house, I had an intern within the first six months of starting the business. And I think the lesson to be learned is that I think small businesses really should take notice about having interns within their organization as early on in their growth as is possible, because it's one of the great ways to be able to provide a great learning experience for those students in a small business, but also get a lot of value for a business that's growing. I always think maybe in more traditional terms of it being a very expensive proposition for a small company, are there ways that that can be arranged? What kind of internships for, say, a small business as opposed to a gargantuan one like Merck or some of the ones you've worked with? Sure. So I think you have to start off by looking at the legal side of things. So the IRS has had something to say about this, as has the Department of Labor over the course of the past several years specifically. And they focused their attention on the fact that, for the most part, most internships have to have some type of compensation. But the compensation can come two different ways. It can be the typical payroll relationship, and that's tied in part to whatever your local minimum wage is. Competitive rates these days are somewhere around $15 an hour for an intern. But then, if you do something in concert or in conjunction with a local college or university, you can find that these programs will allow you to bring an intern on board in exchange for no cost, but in exchange for you completing some paperwork and committing to a structure that delivers a learning experience to the student in concert with guidelines from the college or university. And in essence, the remuneration for these students is in the form of the learning experience and actual credits that the school will give them for taking the internship. You have to do this in concert with the school, though. You can't just decide you've got a great learning experience, therefore you're not going to pay them, because if you're picked up by the Department of Labor for that, you'll have a wage and hour issue in your hands. That's very interesting. So I know a lot of times in the past, interns were considered slave labor. And that is obviously what you just said changed a great deal because DOL is looking at those sorts of things. But tell me about, if I'm an intern, the balance between what I'm digging out for you and what I'm learning, there's a balance there. How does, how does a corporation or a small company strike that balance? Yeah, it's a great point. And it's something that I really impress upon our clients and, and those who who talk to us and talk to me about the internship experience. So, you know, there is the, the giving them the tasks that you're looking 
for someone who really has no significant career or work experience to handle, which tends to be a lot of administrative and contributory type responsibility. But the learning experience always seems to escape a lot of companies initially. Bringing somebody along to a meeting to sit as a fly on the wall and giving them then the opportunity after that meeting to sit with you for 10 or 15 minutes and ask questions or hear your perspective on what just happened is incredibly valuable. Including them in anything that's going on within the company in terms of sort of the processes or the strategies of things like project management. Again, you want to try to give them an opportunity to get their hands dirty, but just the sheer opportunity to be able to sit there and witness things and participate at that level carries great value. Again, I can't stress enough, though, it's really important if you can give the opportunity to give the student a chance to ask questions about what just happened or get sort of a commentary debrief. That's where the real learning experience comes in. And again, remember, as a student, you think you know what it is you want to do with the rest of your life. This is a career-shaping and life-shaping moment for them if it's done right. So giving them an opportunity to understand that the career or path that they seem to have chosen, that this is really what it's like, that this is what it's going to be like, will help them make better determination and better decisions about what their future career is going to look like. David, you worked with a number of universities, right? Correct. So do you find the majority of the universities are on board with this kind of thing, or are they still focused on, well, we have to pay our interns so much an hour? Oh, I think you have examples of schools that have taken this to an entirely new level. The one that comes to mind is Northeastern up in the Boston market, where they have a five-year college program versus a four-year college program, and it is intertwined with work in the field with companies that are participating in this program and in this structure. But overall, I think what really it comes down to is that the universities do everything they can to at least make their students aware of the fact that these are opportunities that they can have out there on an unpaid basis for just sort of educational credits. And at the same time, remember, look at what we're dealing with as a country in terms of debt associated with tuition. While these programs are readily available and while you can hire an intern and do so purely for credit if you're doing so in concert with the university, at the end of the day, students are trying to often find these opportunities during the summer and during their non-studying time to make money to essentially offset the huge financial burden that college comes with. So there's this battle going on. On the one hand, there are these great programs that you can do in partnership with a college with no compensation to the student. And on the other hand, the student needs the compensation in order to pay for the college. So that's where I think you have to strike some level of a balance and you have to at least accept the fact that you may find universities who have great programs to partner with you, but you may not necessarily find the students that are as interested in those opportunities because they need the money. That's a real quandary, isn't it? For Especially for a small business. Now we add another dimension to that, and there are a number of companies that use virtual workers, and so the intern would be virtual as well. And so finding somebody that wants to work virtually might be an offset to that money because they don't have to go to an office. They could participate in conference calls. They can participate in those kinds of things. Is that an offset to the money or, or not? The money is the big focus for the student? doesn't necessarily create the kind of beneficial offset that you would hope here. Plus, internships still work sort of best the old-fashioned way, touching, feeling, physical proximity to 
the individuals and the company as a whole. Remember again, I, you know, the idea of going in and, and sort of starting your career working in an office, working in a corporation, it's a very, very foreign experience to that of someone who's just essentially grown up with the school experience. So giving them the opportunity to sort of get a sense of what it's like to be in an office every day and what that vibe is like and what the culture of a company is like and what it's like to work in groups in that fashion if they're in a career path that's towards that. But even just looking at people who are interning for technology jobs, for development jobs, again, in discussions with others where you're understanding sort of the learning process and the methodology and the, and the testing process and the way that people are coding if they're doing a coding type of job. Much better experience if you have a group setting and have the opportunity for face-to-face and group-to-group interaction. The more you insert the remote component, the more you're potentially adversely impacting that learning experience for the student. It may be redundant. Folks, we're talking with David Lewis, who is the founder and president and CEO of Operations, Inc. David, I want to follow on that statement with what are the key components then to a successful internship program? So it starts off with having a plan for what that intern is going to do for you and really need to test a bit of that before you make the commitment that you're going to hire someone. So you need to give some guidance and direction to managers who are saying that they really could use somebody. Get them to start putting together a job description for that person and even more so sort of a project list of what they would have that person do, a bit different from the standard job description. Now you really need to test them and you in looking at that list. Can someone with no experience successfully perform those tasks? If they can, what kind of supervision or guidance or management do they need? And then finally, who's going to be there to provide that? Remember, we're, we're in a culture where managers tend to be those people that are behind that closed door or somewhere outside the office. So having a manager manage an intern isn't always necessarily the best thing. You may have to have members of your staff or your team oversee them. So you need to plot and plan and strategize on all of those points if you can validate that you've got the right setup and that you've got the right setting for giving the appropriate learning experience and getting the appropriate value out of that individual, then you go ahead and you figure out what you're doing as far as advertising that role to source candidates for that position. And then when those interns come in, have some type of structure. This is not a good place to sort of keep things very loose and open-ended. They should be programmed with things to do every single day that they're working for you. There shouldn't be a lot of latitude for them to have to sort of figure out how to get from point A to point B. And then one last thing I always throw out there is as you do this, many companies will view the addition of an intern as somewhat of a test to determine if the department has justification for a full-time, longer-term need. So keep a close eye on what the intern is completing and is handling in the department. And as it starts to get closer to the end of the internship, Make sure you check in with the manager to see how they are going to survive the day after the internship is over. If the manager indicates that they're going to be in a position where they're not going to be able to get their work done, they're not going to be able as a department to be as effective or as efficient, maybe that tells you that the test has indicated that there's a greater need for staff in that department, and now you have the opportunity to be able to start doing that recruiting before the intern is gone, and you've used this as a proof of concept. Taking the other side of that coin, or the devil's advocacy approach, 
I would interview the intern and find out how they felt about it. Were they effectively utilized and managed? Absolutely. As an HR consultant, I'm always pushing companies to conduct edit interviews, the interview with someone who's leaving the organization voluntarily, to ask them about their experience, to find out why they're leaving the organization. With interns, it's the same concept with a slightly different set of questions. You know, we describe to you what we thought your experience would be like before you got here. Now you've had a chance to go through the experience. How did we do? Did we describe something that matched up with your expectation and reality? Or did we describe something that didn't really materialize? And remember, these are your potential future hires if you do this right and if that's ultimately your potential goal. So find out, does this person want to come back? Do they view this as a place that they'd be comfortable working? Do they like the people that worked with them, like the work that they did? It's very good feedback, isn't it, on, on your organization? Phenomenal feedback. And I'll take it one step further. Remember, we talked about the idea that this person could report to someone non-managerial. Well, now you can get a good sense of how that non-manager did in managing a person. Right. Are they potential for promotion? Exactly. If you're picking the right people to do that, those are your high potentials. Before this podcast, David Lewis, you and I were talking about the high turnover in millennials and Ys and even Zs. And talk, if you would, just a little bit about what the impact of internships has been on this. So the data out there is so overwhelming that millennials as a whole view job hopping as something that's more akin to entrepreneurism than it is to not sticking around long enough in a job. However, the turnover rates of individuals who start off in internship capacity first and then become an employee of your company actually shows up to be significantly lower. And the thought process is that they built a relationship over that internship initially. They've chosen to come back and they feel more vested in the organization. And candidly, because you've got that person coming right as a college grad into your company, but they're a known quantity who's worked with you for a little while, I believe companies tend to treat them differently, communicate better, and give them a better and clearer career path. Folks, we have been speaking today with David Lewis, who's the founder, president, and CEO of Operations, Inc., one of the nation's largest human resources outsourcing and consulting firms. David, thank you so much for joining us today, and maybe we'll have an on-conversation at a future date. My pleasure, Fred. Thank you. Thank you for visiting with us. We welcome your comments and suggestions and look forward to having you join us soon at Workplace Strategies.